So God's formed this community at Imago Church to be a gospel-centered, multicultural community where hope is built through restored relationships with God and with each other. And one way that we actually um, live that out is through being a church that is good news to the community, a church that reflects the community, and a church that connects the community. And really the two, two driving themes of Imago Church our identity and purpose, that our identity is in the image of God and our purpose is in the image of Christ. And we've actually been looking to the book of Acts to help us understand a bit more about this vision that God has called us to. Hemos estado estudiando el libro de Hechos para entender la visión y el llamado que Dios nos ha dado a nosotros. And we've been in the book of Acts now for about a year. We've divided it into three different parts where last spring, we, last fall, a year ago, we looked at Acts chapters 1 to 10 in a series that we called Carrying On the Mission of Jesus. And then this spring, uh, earlier this year, we looked at Acts chapters 11 to 20 in a series that we called Local Missionaries, How to Seek and Serve God Here and Now. You can catch up on all of those teachings online at imago.church. They're there uh, for us. And now we've been actually studying the past few weeks at the end of the book of Acts. Acts chapters 21 to 28 in a series that we've been calling Multipliers. How we are called to pass on our faith through our lives, our words, and our actions. Estamos entendiendo en la Biblia cómo estamos llamados a multiplicar nuestra fe. And last week we talked about how we are able to multiply and pass on our faith through our decision making. That was actually two weeks ago. And then last week we talked about how we can pass on our faith even through our testimonies. And our testimony is simply where our story and God's story meet together. Podemos pasar y compartir nuestra fe por medio de testimonio. And today we're actually going to be talking about how we can multiply and pass on our faith through the way that we stand in courage and in boldness. Part of being called by God to follow Jesus is to follow a courageous Savior. And so this same Savior calls us to boldness and to courage. And we see here in this passage in Acts 23, verse 11, which Mario read for us, it says Jesus himself spoke to Paul these words in a moment that the Apostle Paul was just feeling very fearful, very doubtful. Jesus himself spoke these words. It says in Acts chapter 23, verse 11, it says, The following night, the Lord Jesus stood near Paul and said, Take courage. Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Take courage. That's Jesus' invitation to us as we follow him. Take courage. So what exactly happened here? What was the process that led to such a phenomenal and revolutionary outcome for the church back then? What happened? These people we see in the very end of the Gospels, they were with Jesus, but they were fearful. They were doubtful. They were insecure. They were unsure. But how is it that now they've been transformed into people that are bold and courageous? What exactly happened? Well, it all really goes back to God's Word and specifically to the words of Jesus 
We see in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, we can put it up right behind me, that God calling His people to be strong and courageous has been a part of God's calling ever since the beginning. In Deuteronomy 31, 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Then we see in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, a great man of God leading God's people in those early days in ancient Israel where they, had, where they were trying to find a home. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's God's promise. That's God's call to be strong and courageous. And our Lord Jesus, He's the model for courage and boldness in His own life. In Matthew 28, before He left His followers with Him, He said, Go and make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus' last words to his disciples were not the words no, but the words go. Jesus was not, sometimes people can get that confused and think like, well, if I follow Jesus, then that just means a lot of no in my life. I have to say no to this or I have to stop doing that. And maybe for our own discipleship and growth, we need to do that. But really the key word in following Jesus is not no, the key word is go. Go in courage. Go in boldness. And these early Jesus followers, they became revolutionary in their courage and in their boldness, not because they thought out this well-constructed plan on how they ought to be strong and courageous, but they simply became strong and courageous because they did as Jesus did. They followed Him. They had the Holy Spirit, which gave them boldness. That's how these early Christians had their minds renewed and transformed through imitation. Estos cristianos en el libro de Hechos uh, uh, tuvieron valentía por, por, porque siguieron a Cristo. Here we see Paul, the Apostle Paul, in the end of Acts. We see three, three, three different groups in, in, the end of, in the book of Acts. In the beginning, we see the early church. In the 11 to 20, we see the early missionaries. And then from 21 to 28, we see the missionary journeys of Paul. And one thing that Paul says is he writes to churches to try to encourage them. He says, be like me as I am like Christ. Friend, if you want to know God more intimately, or whether you want to know whether God exists or is real or not, then I invite you into an experiment. And you can start this today. I invite you into an experiment with imitating Jesus for a season. Imitate Jesus for a day, for a week, for a month. Trust as Jesus does for a season and experience the renewing of your mind through imitating Jesus. That's why oftentimes people ask me, Pastor Carlos, where can I start in reading the Bible? Where would be a good place? Well, the best place to start is with Jesus. 
Start with the Gospels. Start with the life of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read that story. See Jesus' story. See your story in that story. Use your imagination to be able to grow and become more and more like Christ. That's part of the invitation of Jesus. And I guarantee you this. After that season of imitating Jesus, I guarantee that you will know God better. You will know God better by the end of that season of imitating Him. You will know Him better than than just doing a bunch of thinking or arguing or ignoring or distracting or denying, which is what some of us may or may not have done in the past when it comes to our relationship with God. But just by coming close to Him, by imitating Him, you will see your life transformed. You will learn all kinds of things about God and about people. But I guarantee this, I guarantee that you will grow in your boldness. You will grow in your boldness and courage by imitating Christ, not by obsessing in in fear or insecurity. Jesus says, is the teacher not, is, the, is the student not greater than the teacher? If Jesus went through challenges, we will also go through challenges. But the invitation of Jesus is to follow, to imitate Him. Self-talk itself won't do it. You know, that the virtue of boldness and of courage, that is something that is not just uh, taught. That is something that is caught when we follow Jesus, when we imitate Christ. It's not just the concept, but it's actually a function. It becomes a part of us. So living virtuously is not just through knowledge, but the Bible actually talks to us about the different steps in truth, right? When we're following Jesus, we're growing in truth. And the first part of truth is that truth is knowledge. But the greater part of truth is that truth then leads us beyond knowledge and truth invites us to live it out, to living truth through abiding, trusting, and imitating Jesus and becoming the people that God created us to be. That's part of this journey with Jesus, that we would go from truth just being knowledge and information to living out that truth. El Señor nos invita a vivir esta verdad, esta vida, en siguiendo a Cristo. And there's going to be moments where we're not going to have it all perfectly done. There's going to be moments when we fail. And when we fail in those moments, what we're called to do is simply to accept that truth and get back up, repent, and keep going. Draw near to God. When we do so, that is called humility. When we tell the truth about God and the truth about ourselves, then the truth is that we're more broken than we want to admit and that God is so much more gracious and merciful and powerful than we want to admit. That's part of humility. Humility is what takes place when we encounter reality. In fact, the story of the gospel does not end with failure but it actually begins by admitting our own failure. Admitting that we can't do life on our own. 
when we come to terms with reality that we were not created to do things our own way, but we have greater purpose. You and I need to be able to face ourselves, the truth about ourselves and the truth about God. And the truth is that, as I mentioned, we're more broken than we want to admit, and God is so much more powerful than we want to admit. I need to be able to face myself as a sinner in order to know God as a Savior. Necesito confesar mi pecado para ver Dios como un Salvador. Humility provides this reality check. And just to be clear about humility, humility does not mean humiliation. Humility actually takes courage and boldness. Humility is what leads us to live lives of courage and boldness. We see this in this passage. In Acts 23, Paul, in his boldness, he is having a very difficult and challenging time. And it says this, beginning at verse 9 and 10, it says, There was a great uproar. Some of the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, stood up and argued vigorously saying, we find nothing wrong with this man, they said. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? The dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. He ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. So here Paul was going through a very difficult time a time where he was discouraged, he was challenged, he didn't know exactly what to do. In este pasaje vemos un tiempo difícil del apóstol Pablo. But what we see here is that Paul continued in courage and in boldness, in looking to God, not just to the challenges around him. And as God's people, we're a people that are called to worship, to bow down to God and when we worship and when we bow down to God, that means that we're able to stand straight and look the world in the eye. When we worship and we bow down to God, that means that we refuse to worship or bow down to anyone else or to any other person or to any other idol or any other created thing. When we worship, when we lift our hands up, when we humble ourselves before God, that's actually what renews our dignity. And this is not with pride, but with courage and boldness and steadfastness and a confidence, a confidence not in ourselves, but a confidence in Jesus Christ, the one who calls us to be like him, to be strong and courageous, to be bold, not in ourselves, but in him. Just like we see here in this passage, Paul is being bold before the authorities that are around him. And friends, brothers, sisters, that's the power of faith. Faith gives us courage to go without knowing. Faith gives us courage and boldness to charge the unknown. Faith gives us the courage and the boldness to multiply and to pass on our faith. La fe nos da la fuerza para multiplicar y pasar nuestra fe. To pass on our faith through our lives, through our words, through our actions. Following Jesus into this kind of faith. 
following God into mission or following Jesus into faith. Many of us here at Imago Church are at different steps in our journey. But following Jesus is always a journey, one foot in front of the other. Some of us are learning to take our first steps with Jesus, our first steps in faith. Others are learning to take their next steps to go deeper with God, to be able to go deeper in serving God in mission. But wherever we may be, whether we're taking our first steps in faith or our next steps in mission, we are called to follow, to go, And following Jesus is never going to really take on that familiar pattern. Some of you have heard me say this before. Following Jesus, whether we're taking our first steps or our next steps, it's not going to have that pattern that we're comfortable with, the pattern that says, ready, set, go. No. Following Jesus requires courage and will oftentimes feel a lot more like, go, set, ready, trust me. In fact, that's how Jesus called all his early followers, right? Drop what you're doing, follow me. Go, set, ready. And we can trust in him because we know the conclusion. We know that because of Jesus, we have a living hope. We have a resurrection. So that's the pattern that our life is going to take sometimes. We're going to have seasons of waiting. We're going to have seasons of death, seasons of resurrection, seasons of pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Following Jesus into that kind of faith requires courage and boldness. And we can pass on and multiply our faith that way when we live that kind of life. I love the way that Uh, in ancient teacher, his name was St. Francis of Assisi. He said it very well once. Preach the gospel always. Use words when necessary. And so when we're talking about how we're able to pass on our faith through our lives, our words, and our actions, that's exactly what we mean. And when we hold on to this kind of faith, that gives us a new kind of boldness and a new kind of patience where we're free to follow and free to trust in Jesus. That's part of what it means to be a Christian. That's part of what it means to be a Jesus follower. It means that Jesus' story is now my story, and I can live into that. And remember how Jesus' story ends in the Gospels? Through resurrection, through victory. It's going to be all right. His story is your story. Eso es lo que significa ser cristiano, es tener la historia de Jesucristo como mi historia. So when we know the end of that story, that can give us a new patience, a new resilience, a new courage, a new boldness because of the story of Jesus. When we restore ourselves, we realign ourselves with the story of Jesus Paul in this passage was restored and was also restoried. Paul made history on these challenging missionary journeys because he was restoried. He was going through a very tough time, but he knew that it ended in living hope and resurrection. That's the invitation that Jesus gives us. To be restored and restoried. And then to invite others into that great story. 
the great story of all stories where we all find our story. Dios nos invita a la restauración. That's why every single Sunday we take time to pray together, to worship God, and to uh, listen to His Word. But one of my prayers every single time before I come up here to deliver the sermon is I pray, Lord God, may we tell the story of Jesus Christ so that we would become the story of Jesus. The story of Jesus continues today. In fact, that's the purpose of the church. That's what we see in the book of Acts, that the story of Jesus continues through God's people. The story of Jesus continues through Imago Church. The story of Jesus continues through you and me, through God doing extraordinary things with ordinary people. We don't exist just for ourselves, but we exist to tell a story and invite others into that great story. And in order to do so, that requires courage and boldness. Dios nos invita a ser valientes. And we can have that courage and boldness knowing the end in mind, knowing the conclusion that gives us courage. The conclusion is that there is living hope. There is resurrection. If this story of Jesus is true, then guess what? That means there is really nothing to lose. Because it ends in resurrection. It ends in victory. Because He's victorious, we will share in that victory. There is nothing that can be taken from our lives. Esas la esperanza viva que tenemos en Jesucristo. So when we live in such a way, with a courage and a boldness like Jesus, we're going to experience a couple of things. You know, we see in the Bible, it tells us this truth, right? That you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Some of you know. But even this deeper truth, as we live this life and following Jesus in this kind of way, through courage and boldness, we will see that we will know the truth and the truth will make you odd. The truth will make you distinct and unique because most people aren't bold and courageous. But guess what? You're not called to be most people. You're called to be God's people, to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord your God is with you. And when we take on this new attitude, this new boldness, this new courage, we live in a unique and particular way. And that's part of what it means to live a life of holiness, to be set apart for God's purposes. Not because of our feeling or experience, but because we know we can live in this life with courage and boldness because we know the final chapter. We know that the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, is victorious. We know that He has risen from the dead. We know that because He lives, we also will live. We know that because Jesus has a future, that means that every one of us who places our trust in Him, we also have a future. In our trust, we too will have a story that lasts into eternity. So my prayer is that 
that together as a community, as a family of God, may we boldly and calmly walk in the story of Christ and embrace His story as our story. That we may follow Him in this journey with boldness and with courage. Faith invites us to be willing, to be bold enough, to be courageous enough to doubt our fears. Faith invites us to be bold and courageous enough to question our anxieties. So friends, brothers, sisters, my prayer is that may we bring our biggest fears, our biggest anxieties before God rather than running away, rather than fleeing to something or someone that we know will not fulfill us or comfort us in the way that only the living God can. You know, part of the journey of courage and boldness is coming to the point where we open the door of fear. Fear is knocking, we open the door, and we realize that there is nothing there. You know, one of my favorite definitions of fear is actually the acronym F-E-A-R. Fear simply means forget everything and run. (laughs) But faith invites us to open that door in boldness and courage and to know that we know the final chapter. There is resurrection. There is a living Lord. There is a living hope who will never leave you or forsake you. Faith gives us that kind of courage to accept God's grace, God's promises, to accept something very bold and audacious and so controversial to the world's thinking, and that is that God holds you and that everything is going to be all right. Because of Jesus Christ, the the world has been reconciled because of the cross. And we can live in light of that reality, in light of that truth, confidently and boldly, knowing that whatever we may be going through, and I know that right now some of us are going through some very difficult things, some things that are perhaps the most difficult things in our lives, but we're invited to remember that even those things will not be the last things. The worst things will not be the last things. We hold on boldly and courageously to a living hope. Faith gives us courage to, give, to live in light of God's reign, of God's reality. So we've been talking these past couple of weeks that we always have choices. We have choices to live this way or that way. And the invitation of Jesus is to follow Him to live boldly and courageously. There's another option. We can choose to live in fear or through negativity or through cynicism, right? Some of us know folks like that or maybe we've had attitudes like that in the past. Being cynical, you know, just always being negative, tearing others down, being pessimistic, being discouraging to those that are trying to follow Jesus. Now, I've come to find out just in my own attitudes, but also in seeing and doing pastoral care over the years, that that kind of attitude, that cynical, negative, kind of pessimistic, discouraging attitude is really just another form of fear. That's just fear wearing a mask. And it'll make you really unlikable too. So, yeah, let's avoid that. 
You know, oftentimes, that attitude of pessimism, negativity, of discouraging others, trying to courageously follow Jesus, it's another mask of fear. And oftentimes, that's the shortcut used to avoid actively engaging in God's call. I love the way that one of our greatest leaders in the history of this country, uh, Abraham Lincoln, once put it, right? He led our country in probably the most challenging time ever in its history. And he chose to be an optimist. He chose to think positively. And he actually said, I choose to be an optimist. I choose to think positively because I see no benefit whatsoever in the opposite. Words of wisdom there. And really, we see that even in Abraham Lincoln's leadership, he was really trying to address um, really uh, some, trying to make some wrongs right, you know, by abolishing, ending slavery. And we see the ripples of that influence continued over the years. A couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to actually be in the state of Alabama. And I got to learn a lot about the truth and reality of just the courage and the boldness that it required to lead during the civil rights movement uh, uh, just 50 years ago. And I got to see how this movement was actually led by people of God. I got to go with different ministers, different pastors. It was this meeting called Christian Churches Together. And we came to learn part of the reality that this movement that required courage and boldness, it was not only led by Martin Luther King, but it was actually led by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and by Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, by the people of God in Montgomery, Alabama. I got to see the bus stop where Rosa Parks got to um, got picked up on that bus and, and decided through courage and boldness to not stand because she knew she was created in the image of God. And while I was at that meeting, I actually got to meet another friend of mine. He works with this organization called IJM, International Justice Mission. And that's actually a nonprofit legislative organization based in Washington, D.C., and it really seeks to liberate people from modern-day slavery. And some of us uh, remember back in the spring, we did a service project here in Visalia at Genesis House, which in the past has done work to help runaway teenagers, to help them avoid getting into that trap of human trafficking. But this organization, International Justice Mission, does that kind of work in, in some of the most dangerous and disturbing situations that we can imagine in our world. And in fact, I've had the the privilege of meeting the founder and the CEO of this organization. His name is Gary Haugen, and he has seen things in his life that many of us would be afraid to even talk about and even much more afraid to actually experience. And he actually wrote a book. It came out maybe 15 years ago. It was a book called Just Courage. And here, Gary Haugen describes himself as one of the least likely individuals to do the kind of work that he does, especially because he has been someone who has always struggled with fear and anxiety, especially as a young person. 
And in this book, Gary Haugen describes how his father and his brother helped him overcome one of his phobias. He had a fear of the dark, a genuine fear of going into a dark room, and his father taught him that confronting his fear would require charging the darkness. It would require going in without knowing, calmly and trusting. And the story that uh, Gary Haugen tells in this book when he was young was how his dad and his brothers taught him to charge the darkness boldly and calmly. They would stand at the foot of the door when it was time to go to bed and they would count to three and together they would charge the darkness. They would run in together and realize that there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, even me now with my two boys, they recently started sharing a room together and we're learning how to overcome this fear of the dark. And so we have this little routine every single night where we take time to, to read to scripture together, to pray together, to sing a song together. And then we pray. We pray that though there may be night now, joy comes in the morning. That though there's pain in the night, joy comes in the morning. Friends, Jesus invites us into this kind of faith. A faith that gives us courage to charge the darkness. A faith that, that invites us as God's people to bring light into our own internal darkness. Or even some of what we see would be injustice and injustice externally. We're called to bring light into that. So my prayer is this, and we're going to take time to do it together as a church community, that we would pray for courage and boldness for one another. Vamos a orar que Dios nos haga valientes. Gary Haugen describes how this courage as charging the darkness, that courage is charging the darkness. That's his definition for, for courage. But I've actually learned an even simpler definition of courage. And it's one definition that I've heard over the past years, and I've held on to it, that courage is simply fear that has said its prayers. Courage is fear that has said its prayers. In your fears, today we're going to take time to cover those in our prayers. We're going to do exactly what the Scripture says. We will pray for boldness. So today, what fear do we need to pray over? Remember, courage is simply fear that has said its prayers. And today as a church community, as a body, as a family, we're going to receive and pray the words that Jesus shared with Paul. I want you to receive them. Put your name there. This is Jesus' words to you. Jesus says to Paul in Acts 23, verse 11, Take courage. Take courage as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, as you have testified about me in your life, right where you are, so you must also testify in Rome. Go and do that elsewhere. Take courage. So let's take time to bow our heads, and together we're going to pray 
and receive what Jesus said to Paul. He says to us here, take courage. Ser valiente, sean valientes. Es el llamado de Jesucristo. Let's take time to come before the Lord and pray. First, we're going to just center ourselves. What's that fear that you need to pray over today? Want each one of us to know that by name, Jesus calls you. And he says, just as he did to the Apostle Paul, he says it to you, take courage. In that overwhelming challenge that you're going through right now, in that situation that you're just afraid to even confront, take courage. For the Lord your God is with you. He will never let you go. Hold on today to the one that refuses to let go of you. Take courage. What fear do we have this morning that just needs to be covered in prayer? To be covered in the blood of Christ? To be covered in the promises of God? be covered in the presence of God. Let's bring that before the Lord this morning. Just as we are, we're going to take a few seconds to just pray over those fears. And we know that the solution to fear is not trying to just act strong, but the solution to fear is faith to trust in Him, to follow in Him, to place this challenge, this burden before His feet. Let's take time to pray together. God, you call us to take courage. And we just pray, Lord, that today we would give up, Lord, in trying to do it on our own. Would you be our strength? Would you be our healer? Would you be our protector, God Almighty? Would you be the one that gives us the boldness and the courage and the willingness to go? to trust you, Lord. God, for some of us taking those first steps with you, for those of us taking our next steps to go deeper with you, Lord, would by the power of your Holy Spirit, give us the courage, Lord. Give us the faith. Give us the boldness to be able to just share who you are, God, with our children, with our families, with our spouses, with our those in our household, those are the outside of our household, our neighbors, Lord. To 
just simply point them to you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you've made a way where it seems like there is none. And thank you, God, that your promises continue to be true today. That you will never leave us or forsake us. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. For the Lord your God is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Thank you, Lord. We receive that today in the faithful and powerful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.